It's the Sunday Cafe with Roman Travis on Magic Talk. Oh, the show's gone to the dogs. It really has. And Darren Rowe helps us do that. He's a dog behaviourist with me here in the studio. G'day, Darren. Good morning, Roman. What have you been up to this week? Oh, it's been so busy. I don't know if you can remember just before Christmas I said about how when people get their dogs, um, sorry, when it's on holiday, suddenly they realise their dog's behaviour is not quite what they thought. Mm, yeah. But it kind of came true. I must have uh, like wished that one out there. Um, so I've just been booked up crazily and all sorts of problems have come around. I've had... Um, one really interesting one was I've got a lot of puppies. So people have bought puppies over Christmas, <laughs> as, as they do, and they can't get into these puppy preschool classes because they're all booked up. You yeah. need to really be booking that that puppy preschool from the second you decide you're going to get your dog. Um, the way I do, I do it like an open um, enrolment policy, so you can actually book months in advance when Good. you know you've got your dog, which I think is a great idea. But um, I've had a couple of um, people coming in. One was a... We were talking earlier on about a Neo Mastiff, a Blue Mastiff, and... Um, they want to uh, just just get those basics in before they come to the preschool because they're they've got a big breed and they're just really worried about that socialising about that aggression coming through. It doesn't mean it has to, but they're really concerned they're going to have this crazy dog. They're like a canine bodybuilder. <coughs> they're massive. Oh, they are. Yeah. Even as a puppy, it's like the muscles you see are just incredible. Rock solid. Yeah. So you've had some um, you've had some success stories. Yeah, we've had. Um, I love training herding dogs, so your shepherds and your collies and those kind of things. That's just something that I've just grown up with, I guess. So I've got a, a lovely shepherd called Zara, and um, the owner will be very happy if I if I advertise her dog today. Um, she's about nine months old, and like all dogs, she's done a bit of training and everything like that. And suddenly at nine months, those that training starts to disappear a little bit, and people start to sort of worry that their dog's not very well behaved. And I think I've seen it quite a few times, and it's mainly about we start to lapse, we think we train the dog and then we don't carry that training on mm. and then the dog goes, oh, well, not important to you, I don't care mm. <laughs> and starts to sort of pull on the lead and that kind of stuff. So I've done mm. some really good work with um, little Zara. We've got real focus on the owner and that's one of the most important things, really taking that focus away from other dogs to the owner. Did you just call Zara a little dog? Because that's a yeah. big dog, right, man? Right, but you've got to remember, I've got Irish, Irish yeah, um, setters yeah, yeah. and they're like huge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she, she is a small, she's actually quite a small shepherd. The girls tend to be a bit smaller than the boys, but yeah, I yeah, suppose to true. most people she's a big dog. <laughs> So Darren Rowe is here for you. It's not just about me and Darren chatting. I love dogs. I really do. I could talk about them all day, but John Budge would never let me do that. <laughs> 0800 844 is my number. You also run workshops. Have you got a workshop on today? Yeah, I have actually. So um, I've got a workshop back down in Albany, and that's in, I don't know if you mentioned, uh, remember I mentioned a while ago about the um, sort of rescue dog stuff I do. So mm. I've got a workshop um, particularly just for rescue dogs at the moment. I've got, I think we've got about eight or nine dogs there that come in. They're a little bit reactive. They've not had the best start in life maybe, so they're not the socialization skills aren't there yeah. and we're doing some sessions about that whole mindfulness and about how you can make your dog's life a lot easier just by being aware of how you present yourself to the dog and mm. how the dog sees you so yes yeah, so that's yeah. really good and that's so totally booked up if i was in the auckland region and wanted to, oh it's booked up it's totally booked up yeah oh. yeah unfortunately okay. this one but don't worry because there will be more we're just starting how do you to, find uh, out when they are so we're I'm about to advertise a few more out on the website, so you'd have to check out the website, and that's www.mindfulnessfordogs.com uh, or just mfordogs.com if you can't remember that one. Yeah, good yeah. stuff. All so, right. Yeah. So if I was buying a dog and people choose dogs for all sorts of reasons, mainly to make themselves look sexy, right? You choose a dog that... It's, uh, seriously. <laughs> that's true, yeah. People tend to look like their dogs. They do, they? Yeah. they do. Would you recommend certain breeds over others in terms of obedience? <clears throat> Ooh, that's an interesting one, isn't it? I think that any dog can be obedient. But I don't like that word obedient, actually, because that implies that you're the powerful one that's lording over your dog. But 
Yeah, any any dog can do what it's told. Any dog can follow the rules within your house if you are consistent and if you understand what the rules are yourself. <laughs> and I think that's the hardest thing. Mm. I think um, it's not so much about whether a dog is uh, can be obedient as whether they're going to challenge you. So some of the working dogs, they're going to look at you and go, yeah, but that's not the best way of doing it. So I could do this, this and this. Wow. And I'll still get the same result. And then you go, but that's not what I want. Whereas some of the more lap dogs and stuff like that, not to say they're easy, guys, not to say little dogs are easy, but... Mm. Yeah, you're li- less likely to get those challenges, possibly. Mm. I don't know. Depends on my dog. But. Uh, Welsh Border Collies, right? Mm. Bigger, <laughs> bigger brains than most people. Brilliant yeah. dogs. Why is it that little dogs, a lot of little dogs have little man syndrome? <coughs> you know, they're already aggressive and yappy and want to take you on. Well, it's down to that socialisation again, isn't it? Mm. So a lot of people with little dogs, and, and I'm not stereotyping too many people here, hopefully, but I probably am. Mm. They don't tend to socialise them with big dogs because the owners themselves are scared that their, big, their little dog's going to get eaten by their big dog. And quite rightly so with some dogs, I understand yeah. that. But I think it's really important in those puppy preschools that they get in to see big dogs, small dogs. A dog's a dog at the end of the day. Sure. Um, and that little tiny, the chihuahua is my, my sort of nemesis, I guess, the little chihuahua. That's just a Rottweiler and a small body when they get going. So, yeah, they've got to be socialised so they don't get scared of things. Yeah, and socialised with the whole family. Yes, yeah. yeah, and don't fall into the trap that you've got more than one dog at home and you think your dog's being socialised in the family grouping because it's mm. not socialisation, okay? It's just tolerating your family, getting them out yeah. to see more dogs that they don't know. All right, so whether you've got a, a giant <coughs> Irish wolfhound or a chihuahua, if your dog is running after the postman or just barking <coughs> at certain people or, I don't know, peeing in the kitchen, whatever the trouble is, <laughs> give me a call now, 0800 844 747, and have a chat with Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. One thing that I see, and you would see a lot too, is the way that some people treat their dogs like people and end up feeding them people oh. food, and then the, the dogs <clears throat> turn into, you know, like massive big things the size of a small Pacific island. It's it's one of the biggest problems, I think, facing the dog community, and, and the human community alike, because dogs tend to reflect our own society. Mm. But there's there's a couple of studies out recently, isn't there, about um, about obesity and and this whole term obesity is one of the biggest killers of dogs, one of the biggest killers of people. I don't want to go into the medical science because I'm sure the vets can uh, sort of do that better. But we all know that obesity leads to or potentially leads to diabetes, heart disease, all those kind of things. Smoking, smoke, yes, yeah, dog smoking. <laughs> Never seen that. Oh, do you know I saw that once on a on a YouTube clip. It wasn't what? very clever. Really? Yeah, uh, yeah, it wasn't very good. But um, <laughs> it's a long time ago. But yeah, the whole the whole obesity thing is a, is a massive thing, isn't it? And and I think there was a recently insurance company in Australia, insurance company started to say that it's starting to affect the insurance premiums, isn't it? Because there's so many other problems that are coming through because of the obesity, the, the underlying problem there. But you touched on a really um, interesting thing there where people are feeding their dogs too much. Mm. But the problem is those people don't realise they're feeding their dogs too much because this whole idea of what obesity is is really dependent on, on you. Mm. If, if you're slightly overweight, then then that's norm, isn't it? That's a normal, isn't it? So your dog would probably be the same. If you're really thin, you probably think you're overweight anyway, but um, your dog's likely to be really thin as well. Do you see dogs, this is a serious question, do you see dogs suffering from depression? Yeah, and, and again, that obesity is one of the biggest problems I see um, where dogs do go into depression. If you think about it, there's, there's a couple of things dogs need. They, they need um, some kind of care, right? They need 
play or exercise and they need obviously good nutrition and there's a few other things obviously but if you take away the um, if you give them the bad nutrition then you can actually if they go overweight you can take away all those other ones from them because they just physically can't do it there's nothing worse is it I don't know about you I've, I've lost a little bit of weight recently actually I've been working you, do look, you look very I fit I haven't actually been working hard I've just changed my mindset on, yeah. on how I'm going to be so yeah. I haven't done any more exercise probably still not very fit but <laughs> <laughs> but there you go but I think you need to um, I've lost my train of thought now <laughs> talking about feeding dogs and obesity that's and, the one yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so We've got to be really mindful of what we're feeding our dogs, mm. I think, and, and also when. So if I feed my dogs at 9 o'clock at night, they're going to sit in, in their um, sleeping with their bellies full of food. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. It's just going to be stored. Um, the other thing is people say, oh, my dog's too fat. I'm going to cut their food down. If you cut their food down, it doesn't change their body post- their body sizes, okay? First of all, um, it might make it worse because they store everything then. Mm. But also, if you've got um, a resource guarder or a dog that really, like a Labrador, we talk about Labradors, as soon as you start taking their food away, then they start to resource guard food, and that's when and that's a real problem because then they might start getting angry for food, aggressive. They might try stealing things all the time. Mm. So there's a quite a few different um, raw canning, or one of them they do like a um, a weight management food. It's better to do that and, and get a proper weight management food to bring that dogs down and go to your vets and, and they put t- together like a program yeah uh, to to bring that weight down because you don't want to do it straight away. You, you've got to take it down slowly because like you say, otherwise you feed into that depression. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. Well, look, you know, if you've got questions around how often to feed your dogs, mm. you might have two or three dogs and one dog stealing the other dog's food. <laughs> There's all sorts of things you may have questions about. Even if you have just bought yourself a puppy and you want to know more about the training side, this is your chance to get free advice from Darren Rowe, Mindfulness <coughs> for Dogs, on 0800 844 747, 16 past nine. Sean Plunkett, back for 2020. Hi, Sean. I went to Live Aid Wembley, best concert ever. Of course it was, for goodness sake. Ring me. It was uh, 13th of July, 1985. And uh, so that, in the summer over there, we got we got there and uh, everyone was in a good mood. It was just one of those brilliant concerts where the vibe was there. Do you remember that uh, Queen performance? Well, once Queen hit the stage, all the game changed, eh? After that, you had The Who and Elton John and those guys, and they were just a step above all the other acts. But um, that, that Queen set, especially when they played Radio Gaga, and everyone just did the big clapping thing, you know? And um, it was fantastic. Rob, I'm not sure whether I love you or hate you. Sean Plunkett. Back for 2020. 12 till 4pm weekdays. Only on Magic Talk. 17 past nine. Good to have you along here on the Sunday Cafe. Roman Travers here with you with Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. Lots of my friends who are hunters have insurance, but not in case the dog breaks a tooth or a fingernail. <laughs> it's more to do whether the dog goes, it runs amok and starts killing sheep or something. Is pet insurance worth it? I would say for that liability, um, certainly for working dogs and certainly for hunting dogs, yeah, that's definitely because they could go and damage people's property, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting one, isn't it? We've we've toyed with lots of things. I mean, we've got six dogs, obviously, and we've we've had insurance and we haven't had insurance. Um, back in the UK, we had insurance for all of our dogs all the time and never claimed anything. Mm. I think it's one of those umbrella moments. You take an umbrella out and it never rains sort of thing. Yeah. If you don't have it, you, then you need it. We don't We don't actually have insurance for our dogs at the moment, but we put money away. Um, and we got hit once with one of my dogs that jumped a fence and caught a leg and had to have reconstruction on the leg, Ooh. and that was a fair few thousand dollars. But the money was there. So And a lot of other things that the 
um, the excess doesn't really cover a lot of the problems, no. I guess. So I think it's a it's a personal thing. You mm. need to decide. Some dogs, obviously, like I know, really active dogs are likely to hurt themselves. But if you look after your dog at the beginning and you really put that care in, then they're less likely to have problems when they get older. Also, remember, premiums go up as they get older. Gee, just yeah, like us. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, 0800 844 is my number. G'day, Angela. How are you? I'm um, well, thank you. Well, good morning, thank Angela. You. Hi, good morning. I was wondering if you can help me. I have a beautiful uh, seven-year-old Waimarana that I've rehomed. Oh, nice. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. And she's d- adorable. Um, Not I called Izzy, is she? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Whitney by all means. Um, <laughs> so she, she's great. But we've just moved home, and I'm just trying to work out how I get her to pee in a particular spot. She's got a potty pad, <clears> and ah. um, I just want to know she, she's... You know, she holds her bladder really, really well at night, yep. but um, I just wanted to know, how can I designate this older <laughs> dog to pee in a particular place? So, first of all, get rid of the, the pee pad. Um, okay. I, I, I believe that those things, especially if they're indoors, because, yep. well, actually, take a step back. Has she got access to the garden? Uh, well, limited. limited. Yeah, it's, it's a new property that's right. a limited, limited space. That's the thing. Okay. So, do, do you want her to pee inside? Well, I wanted to pee in the garage. In the garage, right, possible. okay. So, because so, yeah. it's really important to kind of understand where you want her to pee. So, first of all, that pee pad, um, I would replace that with a, almost like a cat litter tray, but put a piece of turf in it. So, a bit, okay. big, a bit bigger, and then put a piece yeah. of turf in it, and then that will be your grass, effectively, because at the end of the day, you want her to go outside on the grass, really. Yeah. Yes, and she does so beautifully. Yeah. In the morning Always the take her out on the lead, no? Treat her like a puppy, basically. Go back uh-huh. to the puppy thing. So, you can go on the internet, and you can find um, how to how to train um, a puppy yeah. but if you can't yeah. then just drop me an email and I can send you some stuff through like that but um, okay. but yeah take them right back to being a puppy on the lead to go outside and have that tray you want it maybe a metre by a metre um, yeah it's not substantial yeah, yeah. Don't, don't get the um, artificial grass because it feels different uh, to the dog put a yeah. proper piece of turf in you might want to take a piece from your dog I have done so yeah. oh good oh you're on the right lines then yeah <laughs> and just keep it going just keep it going because remember it's a new place everything's different everything's new and they yeah. need to start to get those habits back again Hmm. But okay. yeah, treat it just okay. like a puppy, exactly the same. So go back to so it's real tooth, okay, Chase. Yeah. Angela, can I just ask, why, why do you want your wine around it to pee in the garage? Oh, I know, I don't really. It's just that we've moved to an apartment without an access oh, to the grass. Right, yeah. gotcha. So, and that's the issue we've fallen into. Like she's and look, she's brilliant at home. She's not destructive. Yeah. She can just lie around the house all day. But it's just that in case at times. So, I mean, I'm up early in the morning. She goes out in the morning, and then she goes out again. You know, she gets walked and round three times a day. Yeah. Uh, but it's just it's just that, that if she needs to, that's an in case an in case factor really more than anything yeah. else. And and. Do do the grass bit in the in the um, garage because remember okay. she's used to being on grass, so she's going to get quite anxious if she doesn't yep. have that same substrate to put her feet on to initiate Certainly. that going to the toilet. Mm. Certainly, yep. yeah, no, it's fantastic. Good. I know that's brilliant. Thank you for your time. Nice to get another yeah. Bimarama on the radio. Oh yeah, good stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, she's a good value. She's brilliant. They're yeah. a lovely, Thanks lovely so dog. Much. Thanks, Angela. Oh, Cheers. She's delicious. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Hey, you just said to use a piece of real turf. Mm, How yeah. long would that last? Oh, well, you, yeah, you're going to have to keep replacing it, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I never really thought about that one. <laughs> no, no, it makes sense it, if you've got It's just that training, isn't it? It's just that training side. Mm. Just so, um, when dogs go to the toilet, the first time they ever go to the toilet as a puppy, you always take them out to the garden mm. or, or wherever, if you've got a deck or if you've got, that's the first place because the touch with their feet Kinds, tends to be the trigger then for them to go to the loo. You yeah, know, they always yeah. walk around in circles and things like that. Yeah, yeah, that's so what I do. So if the first yeah. one is a carpet, <laughs> I've seen that. Yeah, if the first one is a carpet, then that's the preferred right. peeing area. So they go and pee on a carpet. When the, the, my border terrier, Max, which he's not around anymore, <coughs> but when I had him as a puppy, when he started going to the toilet, I would say toilet. Okay. And so I could take him outside in the middle of the night 
yeah. and I would say toilet and I'd just make him go. He knew because I knew he really needed to go, but if it was raining, he hated going yeah. out in the rain, right? There's yeah. pros and cons in that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> what have I done wrong? Oh, well, sometimes if a dog, if you put that on command, um, a lot of German Shepherd um, sort of thing, we do that with, yeah. with the bigger dogs like that. Um, some dogs then will only ever go to a loo when you tell them. And oh. then hold it and hold it and hold it oh, until you've no. given it a cue. Yeah, so what have I done? And cause problems. <laughs> Let's talk about diabetes with dogs. Mm. Uh, hang on. Before <clears throat> we do that, though, look, if you do have a question about anything to do with your canine, your lovely little dog or big dog, 0800 844 747. What kind of diabetes are we talking about when it comes to diabetes in dogs? It's here in the notes. What um, kind of diabetes? Yeah, like, I mean, you've got <laughs> diabetes. Yeah, Dogs can oh, be insulin dependent, can't they? Just yeah, like people. Yeah. So, so, di- so it's diabetes. It, it, it kind of mirrors diabetes one, type 1 mm-hmm. in humans, um, more so. Um, there's a lot more research going on at the moment about that. But <laughs> there's, there's so many things, isn't there, that when, when the sugar levels are, are out of whack mm. and insulin is out of whack and, and that sort of stuff in the body that just... To, to sit down and talk about all those different things, yeah, it would be there big. all day. But I think I think the biggest one for me as a behaviourist is the the hormonal effect on the body. Mm. So so if the hormones are all out of whack, then obviously the weight's going to be out of whack. And mm-hmm. um, one interesting thing is that um, I remember reading somewhere that one pound of human flesh is the say or fat if you want to call it that is equivalent to five pounds of dog fat. Oh, so wow. it's much harder for a dog to shift the weight than a human. Is that right? Well, yeah, yeah. if you if you believe the wonderful yeah. website I went on, um, so so that's worth thinking about, isn't it? That you know you, you think, oh, I've lost like two kilos this week, and my dog's lost like a third of a pound, mm. and you think, well, actually that's not very good, is it? But, yeah. So going back to the diabetes or mm. any illness that a dog might have, does that affect your ability to train them? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So if I'm overweight. I mean, I went through a, a, a slightly depressive phase many, many years ago when I lost my job um, back in London, and I got really depressed, and then I put on a lot of weight. I went up to 17 stone, mate. That was what? Like 130k. That can't be true. You're no. tiny. No, I went wow. up to 17 stone, and that was just totally through depression, right? Well, wow. my exercise just threw out the window. It just wasn't existing. I couldn't, I couldn't, well, it's too painful for one. Yeah. So, so you can imagine if that happens to us, then that's going to happen to, to dogs as well. And, and I didn't want to speak to people. I didn't want to socialize. I didn't want to play with anybody, you know, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, so, yeah. so dogs go through all those exactly the same. We're only animals, aren't we? Mm. So they go through exactly the same. They don't want to play. So if you've got a dog at home that looks really calm, really relaxed, it's overweight, it's probably going into that depressive state because it's not mm. playing. And I hear it all the time from people with big, maybe the little Jack Russell that's just a bit porky. Yeah? Mm. Oh, they never play. Well, actually, Jack Russells do play. Lots of Jack Russells play lots. Mm. But it's it's one of the first things that goes when we get a little bit depressed and a little bit overweight and that mm. sort of stuff. Yeah, I guess they're going to reflect what it, whatever it is that we are or what we do. 0800 844 747. <coughs> if you've got any questions for Darren about your dog, its behaviour, or just things that you might want to change. Mm. And as Darren always says, you can teach an old dog new tricks, can't you? You certainly can. I've done yeah. it this week. <laughs> yeah. What would people learn when they bring along their dog to your workshops? And how effective would it be within <coughs> one day? Ah, oh, some, some really quite drastic results because if you think about it, when most of the workshops are all based around being a mindful owner or being a mindful dog, um, and that's all about teaching you to calm yourself down um, and calm your dog down. And, and there's a lot of tools that I teach people how to physically do that for the dog and how to mentally do it for yourself. So a lot of, a lot of um, people come to the workshops who've got really reactive dogs that want to kill other dogs kind of thing. Mm. And then by the end of it, we, they're all just walking around happily, having fun. Mm. as normal dogs because we freed them from that panic, fear, grief, stress, pain sort of thing. All right. Cycle. Now, for those people who have a dog but can't afford to go to a behaviourist like yourself, 
what can they do with that dog they've got that just yaps at everyone <coughs> who goes past the blimmin' oh. front door or the front gate? So again, that's all down to stress. Okay, they're all they they see that as a fear, so they want to eliminate it. Mm. So they're going to run at it as fast as they can. Doesn't matter how big they are, and they're going to bark, 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 bark as someone's going past. And of course, what happens when they bark? The person carries on walking, and the person goes. So they go, "Yay, I've won!" I bark again next time, and they'll oh. go again. So, so if if you ever see ever see me walking down the street with my dogs, or just normally, and a dog barks at me, I just stand still. I'm a pain. I just stand there. I'll stand there for twenty minutes if I need to. And then the dog will actually decide I'm not going anywhere, so it goes in. But I've trained your dog for you, so so that's what you could do when you're walking down the road if you've got the time. Yeah. Just stop for a few seconds and just, you know, make it very clear to the dog you're not scaring me. I'm mm. not going because of you. I'm going because I want to. Mm. Um, there yeah. are people that I know that would gladly climb a tree, regardless of the size of the dog. <coughs> Some people are absolutely petrified <coughs> of dogs. How how do you quickly determine whether a dog wants to eat you or just be your best friend when it's barking? Is that easy to work out? Um, it depends on where. Mm, that's a tough one, isn't it? Really, it's a, yeah. that's a very general one. Um, I think there are telltale signs. I'm quite intuitive, so I look at a dog and and like my gut turns over. Mm. I know that it's not going to end very well. I think if you don't know the dog, the most important thing is don't give it eye contact, but not intense eye contact. We we have a habit of really focusing down on on the dog. Mm. Eye contact's wonderful, and you need to give your dog your dog a lot of eye contact and that's one of the things about relationship building with dogs that I do but if it's not your dog you don't want that eye contact because that can be quite intimidating and then the dog's going to go feel threatened and then depending on where it is in its own sort of like, um, sort of psyche it might then attack you or it might run away hopefully <laughs> Why is it that some dogs seem to genuinely hate children and they're fine with, with adults. Is that a size thing? What's that about? Um, children are quite scary. Oh, some are. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, you think about it, children are very chaotic. They run around, they scream, they throw things. They, they, do, they don't do things that adults normally do. And if that puppy, I'm going back to the puppy socialisation again, if that dog hasn't been socialised with those kids from a very early age, it's never really learned anything about them. And then suddenly they turn up one day and they scream their heads off, they probably bonk the dog on their head, pull their ears and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And the dog says, hang on, I don't like this. Um, I'm either going to bite you or I'm going to growl at you so you don't get near me. And that's normally what you see for little dogs. Um, they just sort of start growling and running away. All right, so. that's good advice. Now, I'm just trying to listen and read at the same time, <laughs> which is hopeless. Here's a text that's coming on 3920. My little dog gets very anxious when I'm away from home overnight. Uh, it says, who likes my husband? And I don't know if that's a question. I don't know. You know your husband. I think it's, I think it's meant he likes my husband, but he misses me. What can my husband do to help him? Um, it's probably more about what you can do to help the dog. Okay. So one of the things that's, that's a classic sort of separation anxiety and, and we tend to build a bond with a dog. It's, uh, I'm guessing it's a, a small dog, did you say? Uh, hang on, so? just going back to it. No, Might be wrong. No, no, no nothing okay. in there about okay. that. No. So, so we, we tend to build a bond and a person that feeds a dog tends to build a slightly stronger bond because there's more positive um, association with that person. Mm -hmm. And then when that person goes, it's like, well, who's going to feed me, you know? Where, where is everybody? <laughs> and they get really stressed about it. So, so we need to take it back and do the, the teaching the dog down and then moving away and then back and then down and then moving away out of sight and back and really take it back to that, I can leave mm. and it's okay, you're still safe, you know. Um, and you just keep doing that. I've done that quite recently with a little Sheltie Collie who oh, nice. was terribly, uh, really bad um, anxiety, got sort of complaints and all sorts of things. So, yeah, just take it right back to those basic commands again. Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. This goes so quickly every single <coughs> Just, time. It? <laughs> it's, a, it's a great segment. Thank you for your time. How do people find you? Um, you can find me on the website. Yep. Um, so it's www.mfordogs.com or you can find me all over Facebook or Brilliant. Instagram. Yeah. yeah, good stuff.